This is Beyond the Farm Gate, a show where we shine a light on great Australian stories in agriculture. On the show, you'll hear from farmers who survive challenges like fire, flood and drought, people who run innovative and unique agribusinesses, and those who are balancing work and family in rural Australia. You'll be inspired hearing their stories and pick up some insights along the way. I'm Beck Wren. I'm Greg Cookle. And I'm Zali Thomas. Today I'm chatting with Florence McGuffick. Florence is the Livestock and Stud Stock Support Officer for New South Wales with Elders in Dubbo, and she has a lifelong connection to agriculture. Florence grew up on a merino stud near Cooma, New South Wales, and is a fifth generation grazier in her family. For as long as she can remember, Florence would be out and about on her family farm, learning about the fine wool operation, and she's since used this knowledge and experience throughout her career. But for Florence, agriculture is about more than just farming. It's about the people. In this episode, Florence will share her passion for ag, the opportunities that she's been able to embrace, and the advice that she has for young people who aren't sure what their next step is. She'll also open up about what it means to become a role model in agriculture and why it's so important to encourage and support women in ag. All right, let's jump in. Florence, welcome to the show. Thanks, Zali. Thanks for having me. First things first, Flo, where did your love for ag come from? I think I was born into it, to be honest. I grew up on a family farm in Cooma with two sisters and I've always just been a part of it. Starting out in daddy daycare with my dad saw me in sheep yards and shearing sheds and I still remember my first potty lamb that I found bouncing around in my dad's old Hilux hitting my head as I stood on the seat. His name was George and yeah, I really think that was where my love for ag came from. We've grown our potty flock to quite a few now. But no, our school holidays also always consisted to coincide quite nicely with lamb marking or shearing. Dad managed to time that quite well. And growing up, our childhood was pretty fun. We grew up with our cousins and we spent lots of time riding our bikes around the farm. And by that, I mean, we'd ride them down the hill and Dad would throw them on the ute to drive them up the hill. But it was sort of just something I've always been a part of. So, Your family business, Greendale Merinos, focuses heavily on measured performance and fine wool production. What's your role within the organisation? My role is sort of a little bit of everything. Being a a family-owned and operated business, we just kind of get in and and get amongst it. So, yeah, we breed merino sheep and have a strong focus on the commercial side of business. So there's lots of drenching, shearing, landmarking involved. I've also sort of taken on a little bit more of a role in the data analysis side. So we do a lot of that collection Our business aim is to breed heavy cutting fine micron sheep. So we fleece way, we do DNA testing. So I think I've taken a little bit more of the tech side, whether or not that's because my dad's fingers are too big for the buttons. (laughs) I've just got a little bit of more of a tech skills and took it upon myself to recreate and currently manage our current website and things like that. And I like to think I bring a bit of humor to the team but try and wear the team manager hat, but it's a bit hard when it's your siblings you're trying to tell what to do. (laughs) And your siblings, are they younger or older? So I have two younger sisters, Miranda and Ivy, and then also within our family farming operations, I've got my younger cousins, James Locanelli. So it's a little bit of a fun family affair, landmarking time, but, yeah, we enjoy hanging out together. 
What are your aspirations for Greendale Merinos in the future? When I think of Greendale, I think it's built on foundations of hard work, dedication, risk-taking and some good working dogs. They really help. My dad is a big inspiration for me and he bought his first farm at 19 and from then he had a dream to produce 500 bales of wool which he did in 2018 and I luckily happened to be there as the shed hand that day and it was quite remarkable to watch him do that and achieve his goals and and that's always something I think that's been instilled in me that like success comes from hard work and I think for Greendale I hope that we continue to produce like industry leading genetics and breed merinos that are productive and profitable and proven. I think another quite remarkable achievement of my dad is lately in the Australian semen sire evaluation top sires we've got for fibre production plus two of our sires are ranked number one and two so it's quite a credit to my dad and our family and their work so just continuing I think for Greendale to be progressive forward thinking getting along with my siblings (laughs) and working it all out but continuing to be in the merino industry because I think it's got a lot of positives and a lot of potential to continue to do great things. Are you planning to keep it a family operation going forward? Is that the ideal goal? We haven't had any discussion that it's not going to be and it always has been and I'd like to see it continue like that. When we're not there, it's sort of a sole operation with just dad and a couple of dogs, Scratch, Burr and Fred. So <laughs> if we don't get it, they might. So <laughs> <laughs> Seem like very worthy runners for it. <laughs> and I've always loved it and like moving away to Dubbo, It makes me realise how much I love being part of it and what we've achieved as a family and and in the industry, especially in my current role now, like working in the stud stock industry. Just on that, working in the stud stock industry. So you're now the New South Wales Livestock and Stud Support Officer for Elders. Quite the title, but what does that actually mean? What does your role involve? Yeah, well, if my first and last name weren't long enough, my current job title's long enough. But yeah, I've joined the Pink Shirt team about 12 months ago now. And in Elders in Dubbo, I work as the sales support officer for Stud Stock and Livestock alongside our New South Wales manager, Paul Jemison. So we have a team of six spread across New South Wales, but I'm based in Dubbo. A bit of a culture shock from Kuma to Dubbo, but this little Kuma girl's okay. Day to day, I assist our branch network in promotion and organisation of their stud sales and having conversations with our stud clients. We have over 150-odd sheep and cattle stud sales across New South Wales for elders and responsible for promoting them on our Facebook page. I create flyers and adverts for catalogues. I'm a point of call for the branch network. I get to also travel around to different stud sales, which is a great part of my job and I love to do that. And send a few emails, realise that stockies don't check their emails. What I love most about my job is getting to have a relationship with the different branches in New South Wales, as well as a range of our stud livestock clients and being able to travel around and and build those relationships and understand their businesses. And it's been such an eye-opening experience for me to like see more of the stud stock industry, both sheep and cattle. I've learned a lot about cattle because definitely not my background, but it's just been great. And I've been so supported this whole time and it's really been such a great place to work. So I really enjoyed it. In 2020, you actually started your own business alongside your two sisters. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Some may say it's an entrepreneurial endeavour. 
if you ask my dad, he'll just tell you it's a side hustle that keeps us out of trouble. But yeah, we have a little business called Three Little Sheep that my sisters, Miranda and Ivy and I, it's come about from our love of sheep and drawing. We've always been quite creative. I think we do get that from both mum and dad. (laughs) So we started out drawing these little sheep designs and people inquired about them. And then from that, our range of sheep grew. And now we basically print them on whatever we can from tea towels and socks and cards and gift tags. And and this little market business has, has formed and we get to travel around to different markets across New South Wales together and, and sell our products. We do a little bit of ceramics. I do a little bit of wire art as, as a contribution. Mum comes along as our logistics coordinator but it's just sort of something we do together and, it, and it's a good way to get out into other communities and, and meet other people and showcase our sheep-crazy <laughs> designs. Showcase what three sisters can do when they put their imaginative minds together. Find us on Instagram at three.little.sheep if you'd like to know more. <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. I mean, you have some incredible stuff. I was lucky enough to receive actually a pair of socks of yours for my birthday and safe to say they are my favourites. So, um, yeah, a little shout out to Three Little Sheep. I am actually wearing a pair right now. <laughs> so good. Your drive to be involved in all aspects of agriculture has led you to some great opportunities. Earlier this year, you were named Land Sydney Royal Ag Show, New South Wales Young Woman of the Year. What was this journey like? Thank you, Zali. It's been very rewarding and such an honour to be the 2023 Young Woman, previously the Showgirl Competition. It's been full of friendships, new experiences and, and endless opportunities. My journey, I think, started when I was probably about 12, actually, when my auntie was part of the program and and she's been an inspiration for me and and I've always thought, oh, one day that's something I'd like to do. So I first entered the competition in 2022. I was the Kuma young woman, very excited. It's like, finally, my time to do this. And I progressed to the second stage, which is a zone final, and here you get judged by three judges and if you're successful you move on to the state final and go to the Sydney Royal. I was not successful that year and this was a little bit disheartening. I knew that I had put my best self forward so it just wasn't my time. So my next 12 months between then and now was a little bit of a a roller coaster. I had a few ups and downs. I had thrown my hat in the ring for a few different grad jobs and was still trying to find my path in agriculture and and what I wanted to do and also had a few personal life crises and found myself living at home and looking out at all my friends who were kicking goals and I was trying to fight with my sister over the the TV remote. But it definitely took a lot of grit, gratitude and good humour but it definitely shaped me for today. And then in 2023, I had the opportunity to be the Kuma Young Woman. I was a bit conflicted here because I really wanted to have another go and didn't want to let the town not have a representative, but I also felt a little bit embarrassed to put my name down again because I felt like I'd already had my time. I'm glad that I didn't let the doubt get to me and 
And I went to my second zone final where I was successful and have had the experience of a lifetime. Went to the Easter show where I met another 13 amazing young women who are from the south coast to the north coast, from southern New South Wales, northern New South Wales, all the way out west. They're radio hosts, dietitians, vets, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, livestock agents, real estate agents, sheep, alpaca, cow lovers. It really was quite extraordinary. You did work in as strangers and out as friends. So, yeah, it's been such an opportunity. And now as part of that, I get to be an ambassador for women in rural and regional New South Wales and have a a platform to be able to share my story and and hope to connect other people and and inspire other people to believe in themselves and and make the most of their opportunities. I definitely don't think I'd be sitting on this podcast if I hadn't have had some of the experiences I've had this year. So I think it just goes to show what what you can get out of this sort of program and, and the people you meet really make a difference. And I just hope that I can continue to travel around and encourage other people to, to step out of their comfort zones. If we don't do that, we don't grow. And so. Absolutely, Flo. In your travels, you have become a role model for so many other people in agriculture. I suppose, what advice do you have for young people in ag who want to make the most of opportunities that they have or that are arising in front of them, but they don't really know where to start? They don't really know how to take them. What advice would you have? Yes, Zali, I think we both can agree that it is quite a tricky time to try and find your feet and put your name out there and apply for different jobs and and figure out what you want to do when the uh, opportunities for us are quite endless, to be honest. But I think my advice would firstly be to find a mentor or a person that you can reach out to for advice. I've been really fortunate to have a few mentors. They aren't really formal mentors, but some of them might not even know that they've helped me in certain ways. So I'm very grateful for all the support I have been given, but I have had a friend, Ange, who was a coach for me during my time when I was applying for various jobs. And she coached me and helped me formulate ideas and uncover the skills and qualities that I did have. Another key person once told me that if you want to be like someone or be somewhere, find someone that's already doing what you want to do and and go and ask them how they got there and learn from their mistakes so that you don't have to fail as well and you can just get on the front foot a little bit. And another thing I'd say was don't be afraid to fail. Failure is okay and, and it's okay to talk about that sort of thing because I don't think we talk about it enough and some of the greatest success stories do come from a bit of failure. So just making the most of the opportunities while we're young and and saying yes while we can. Such great advice that you have. I I wish that someone sort of told me that when I was young and looking for a career in agriculture or trying to work out which way I wanted to go in my life. We all sit at a crossroads at some point in our life. So um, yes, some incredible advice you've got there and hopefully some that people can take away from this podcast today. You've had a passion for promoting women in agriculture and you've mentored many young women in the industry. What are you seeing in this space? Thank you, Zali. I don't know if my sisters would say I'm a mentor in this space, (laughs) but (laughs) growing up in a family of all girls, it's always just been part of what we've done and being involved and helping dad. It's just been a love that we've all had. And 
women have always been involved in today's world. I think the roles and responsibilities that we have are just sort of changing and, and we're taking on more leadership positions, manager positions, and people are including us in what's happening like in the world of agriculture. And we've got to remain progressive and forward thinking to make change. So Women always continue to break the barriers and we held a rural women's lunch recently for Elders Dubbo in recognition of International Women's Day and we had 93 attendees and and they're all amazing women who are working mainly in the agricultural space and it's just such a positive time for women and and to see that businesses and companies like Elders and, and Rural Bank uh, championing women to be the best and to do what we can do and creating a work-life balance that works for, for everyone because I think, you know, men and women do have a lot to offer but you've just really got to uncover those skills and I think I'd like to continue to see agricultural industries make an investment in women and, and just continue to create those inclusive and supportive environments for us all to succeed What do you think needs to be done to encourage more women to pursue a career in this sector? For me, the stories of other women are really encouraging and being able to hear the journeys and meet other women that are out there in agriculture as well as individuals and companies in agriculture being open-minded and allowing women to have that opportunity to tell their story and to be supported and encouraged rather than discouraged. It needs to sort of start at the grassroots level and and in schools and and talking about careers with agriculture being an option and and for young girls to think that one day when they grow up, they want to have a career in agriculture. doesn't necessarily have to mean on the farm. There's so many opportunities beyond the paddock for us in all parts of, of agriculture from technology space, leadership space, things like that. So, yeah, I just hope that the young girls see themselves in a job in agriculture. Absolutely. The opportunities that agriculture present these days are incredibly broad. The things you can do, the the different aspects and the different avenues that you can go around is, yeah, quite incredible. And it's a great industry to be in. We're very lucky. I certainly would recommend any woman or any any young girl who's interested in agriculture to have a look into it and and test the waters and try a few different aspects and see what works. That's great advice that you have there, Flo, and and hopefully as time goes on we can, yeah, encourage more young women to pursue a career in this sector. You've achieved so much already, but clearly you have very big aspirations. Where do you see ag taking you in the next 10 years? I think there's Agriculture will always be a part of me and a part of my journey. I hope that I'm the sort of person that's embraced all the opportunities and and the highs and lows because, you know, let's be honest, there's lots of challenges as well as rewards in agriculture and, and that's kind of what makes it fun, I guess. But the tough times will become the good times again and I'd love to sort of be in a position that sees me as, not that I see myself as much of a leader right now, but leaning or mentoring or supporting other people and hopefully I'd love to still be on my family's payroll (laughs) (laughs) if they'll take me on (laughs) if they'll they'll put up with my terrible jokes no one day maybe 10 years down the road own a little bit of land to run my potty flock on would be nice and having agriculture as, as my foundation 
to make change and, and to continue to promote the sheep and wool industry in Australia and, and women in agriculture just be a inspiration for someone else. And I think that is really the bottom line that that I gather from you, Flo, is that you just are an inspiration to other people. I think no matter how little you try, I can see young girls looking up to you and thinking, I want to be that woman in the newspaper. I want to be that woman that is so passionate about what she does. And that's certainly what I see in you, Flo. So if you carry that on for the next 10 years, I think you're certainly going places. Thank you, Zali. So now it's time for our quick fire round. I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask you in rapid succession, and these are the rules. So you have to keep your answers to a maximum of one sentence, and you have to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah. If a lot of people that know me will know I'm not very quick at making decisions, so we'll see. <laughs> What's the best lesson you have learned from a mistake, stuff up, or failure? Life is full of failures, but... After the rain comes the rainbow and it, life's too short to dwell on our mistakes. If you weren't in the job that you're in, what would you be doing? I would be overseas travelling abroad. Do you prefer sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Well, what's your best party trick? I can do the worm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good question. <laughs> if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chocolate cake. When you're out on farm, what brand of work boots do you wear? Blundstones because they're stylish for the paddock and town. What do you want to be remembered for? My good humour. That you do have, Flo. <laughs> that you do have. Alrighty, Flo, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, Zali. I've had a great time. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Farm Gate, a podcast by Rural Bank, where we shine a light on great Australian stories in agriculture. Rural Bank supports the agribusiness community by providing financial services, knowledge and leadership for Australian farmers to grow. For more information, including regular analysis and reports, head to the website, ruralbank.com.au. This show was produced with strategy and production support from Wavelength Creative. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Beyond the Farm Gate, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Zali Thomas. I'm Greg Cookle. And I'm Beck Wren. And we'll see you in the next episode of Beyond the Farm Gate.